From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Have you been putting off the exercise of making your healthcare wishes known? Many people know they need to complete their advanced directives, and today we have a guest from Hospice of Central New York who's here to talk about the process of making our healthcare wishes known. Bill Fole, he's the communication officer at Hospice. Welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you for the opportunity, Amber. Well, this is one of those tasks that I imagine many of us just keep putting off, but you say it's important to take uh, make sure that you take advanced directive seriously and that you do it before someone becomes ill, right? Exactly. Do it when you're healthy. You know, a lot of people out there, we take surveys and 80% say that, yeah, they're definitely going to do it, but actually 20% actually do, you know, besides a will, uh, do something called advanced directives. And um, it's, Do you think it's because people just don't like to think about dying or getting right. ill? But actually, that's only one part of this. The part that people should think about is their last year of life and how they want to spend it. So if you think of it saying, I'm going to prepare for that last year of life because I want to do whatever. Um, I want to be able to do this or that. So if you look at it that way, um, some people will say, you know, I don't want a DNR or a DNI or I don't want to deal with that. I want every kind of treatment I could possibly get for whatever I have. And that's okay, too. And some people say, nope, I want to you know, have a quality of life. Um, so it's really up to that person. It, it's never too early to start, and it's a plan. Well, you say it's never too early. What age is a good age? I mean, should... We think of this in terms of illness, in terms mm-hmm. of... It, but actually, you know, I can leave here today, get in my car, and, and have a, a tremendous accident. Right. And, and be in trouble. And no one would know what my wishes were. So we're asking people to think about what they want their life to be like, their last years of their life. We want them to recognize someone they know that will advocate for them if they cannot at some point. So it's usually a wife, a husband, a trusted friend. That's your healthcare proxy. And like I said, this is a plan. It can change it can at change. any time. Well, that's what I'm wondering. If, if a young adult does this, say, I mean, there could be a lot of changes. They could do this before they're married and their circumstances change tremendously. But that doesn't mean you can't make changes to your advanced directives. Right. You know, I tell moms, just like yourself, who have children who are in college or just getting out of college, they're going to maybe not move to Syracuse or stay in Syracuse. They're going to move away. Make sure they have a health care proxy because... They might get into an accident. It doesn't, like I said, people usually tie this with cancer, heart disease, COPD, kidney disease, whatever. But really, it's for anyone who might be facing it, anyone who drives. So anyone over 21 should have a healthcare proxy, should have some idea as to what they want um, to happen to them if they can't advocate for themselves. And it needs to be in writing? Um, the first step would be to talk to your doctor. Um, and ask that doctor, um, you know, what do I face if I do already have a disease or what should, what am I, you know, what could happen down the road and how he feels or she feels about it. It's important you to discuss your wishes with, with your doctor. And right now, doctors can charge Medicare for that service. So they're willing to do it more and more and more. It's a new law that went into effect, I think, two years ago. To have a discussion? To have a a discussion twice a year that can happen. So it's important you talk to your doctors and find out what they feel. I mean, if you already have some kind of um, uh, problem already. Um, Some of the things that we should think about, you know, healthcare proxy already mentioned, living will. 
is very important. While it doesn't stand up in New York State, a living will can also mean what your wishes are. So we see at hospice, as a matter of fact, a lot of families that are in crisis because there's arguments going on between siblings. No, dad wanted to be buried in the blue suit. No, he wanted to be buried mm -hmm. in the black suit. And all of those things can be taken care of ahead of time so there is less stress. Um, when that time comes, I'm sure you're... So the living will isn't necessarily like a legal thing. You could just write down... In New York State, and I'm saying this, in New, every state has right. different laws according to this. In New York State, the healthcare proxy and the MOLST, which is the Medical Orders for Life-Sustaining Treatment, that's a mouthful, is very, very important. Uh, those are the things that um, first responders are going to look for. If you have a heart attack or if something happens, that's what they're looking for. Um, so that should be available. And of course, in that most form, that medical orders for life-sustaining treatment, everything is listed out, whether or not you want a do not resuscitate order or if you, you know, want to be resuscitated. I mean, that, that's totally up to you. you. You also earlier said DNI. What is that? Um, it's, I wonder, do not... Do not intubate. Intubate? Okay. Yes, right. Okay. So... Um, uh, that would be a tube that people, that you get. For breathing. Yeah, for, exactly. Okay. And liquids and whatever. Um, so power of attorney is important. Wills are important. But which is most important is that healthcare proxy. Um, if you go to a hospital, that's the first thing that, you know, they're going to ask you in an emergency. Do you have a healthcare proxy? And who is your proxy? Um, so um, it's good to have that all worked out. So talk to your doctor. And the thing is, talk to your family. I've gone so many talks and, and speeches and whatever throughout the county, and someone says, yes, I have a health care proxy, and I say, where do you keep it? And they say, well, it's at the bank vault. And I said, that's the wrong place for it. Everyone should know who your proxy is, and everyone should know your wishes so that if something happens, God forbid, everyone will know what to do. So um, saying to talk to your family, I mean, for some people that might be kind of a, it's a difficult subject it is um do you have any advice for how to bring it up or when to bring it up if or? you go on the web uh, where there's some really good places to go it's the conversation project which is a great place to go uh, it'll give you tips and recommendations and advice on how to get that done and really when you think about it and i know we just did something over the holidays um it's a good time when families get together and you really don't want to discuss this but in a way everyone is in one room at one point and it's mm -hmm. like let's talk about this so that if something should happen we all know what to do and what hospice has found that if people have that discussion and have a plan in place there's less stress and when there's less stress people live longer Good point. Good point. This is Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Hospice of Central New York Communications Officer Bill Fole, and we're talking about advanced directives and how to make your health care wishes known. Um, now, for people that aren't particularly close with their family or, or maybe don't really have family, um, is this something that you can do with close friends? Trusted friend. Trusted I know so friends. many nurses that um, that I work with who I say, is your husband your health care proxy? And they oh, no, no. My best friend is my health care proxy because my husband would do everything in his power to whatever, and they don't want that to happen. Um, it's good to, you know, you could, you could, it's good to find that person out there who will advocate for uh, what you want. And when you think about that plan down the road. Think about the caregiver, the primary caregiver you will have. Right now, 
75% of caregivers in America are women. So I don't know how we get out of it, but us guys get <laughs> out of it. Um, so That's probably uh, not the case in other countries, or is it? It, is it, it depends on your culture. Okay. You know, Asian cultures, um, you know, um, elderly people, seniors are revered more than here in the United States. Um, culture here in the United States, uh, families kind of split off and go all over. So um, they're not centrally located. Um, but, yeah, so think about who that caregiver might be. And maybe that's the right person to be your healthcare proxy. And healthcare proxy, you're trying to choose someone who's going to do what you want done. Advocate for what you want. So you're going to sit down with that healthcare proxy, and you're going to say, you know, I really don't um, want to be in a in, in a nursing home. I don't like the idea of being in a nursing home. I really would want to, you know, um, die at home. And that's really the wish of most Americans. Um, but only 20% actually make it. So um, they either die in a hospital or a nursing home because care is needed. The medical, uh, American medicine is wonderful. People are living longer and longer than ever before, but they have chronic diseases for a longer period of time as well. So there's going to be a lot of caregiving there at some point. Well, I found on the um, Hospice of Central New York website, I found a nice um, 10-step checklist for planning ahead. Um, and it seemed like it's not its not something that you can do in an afternoon, but it seemed like it had um, kind of a, a trajectory of the things that you need to do sort of in the order to do them, mm-hmm. um, you know, to keep you organized with what needs to be done. Uh, let me ask you this. At the same time that you're talking about your own personal end-of-life issues, is that a good time to sort of bring up the discussion with mom or dad, with them about saying, have you made end-of-life issues right. or your friends? I'll tell you what worked for me, and it works a lot, is that you say, gee, uh, I know someone, a friend of mine at work, Mr. G's father, uh, just went through a terrible time at the hospital, and uh, he died, but they didn't never knew what they wanted. And they tend to listen to that type of thing. So uh, um, that's a good way of doing it. Also, you mentioned our website and um, the tips that we have on our website. Two, if you give us a call at 315-634-1100 anytime, we have people on staff who will answer those questions and how do I talk to mom or dad? Or vice versa, and this has happened, we've had mom and dad call us and say, our kids don't want to talk to us about this. Ah. So it does go the other way too. So they know that they want... To, to bring it up, but the kids don't, they don't seem to want to be hearing it. Right. Does it work to do it as a, as a group project? It does. Okay. It does. It really, it, it puts everyone in one room. Everyone knows what's going on. There's no surprises. God forbid if something does happen by, by surprise, an accident, a heart attack. Um, so uh, everyone knows what's going on and everyone knows what their job will be, so to speak. Um, you know, the daughter will do the caregiving, um, you know, the brother will do something else, whatever. So everyone is, um, uh, knows what exactly what the plan is. Well, I know that, um, you know, death can come unexpectedly, but, uh, a lot of times people get a diagnosis, a serious diagnosis, um, from their physician. What are some of the things that you need to talk to the physician about when you get that diagnosis that will help you? you know, sort of inform your decision about what you want. What are, do, you, do you have some ideas of some questions that need to be? Um... First off, the, the best advice I can give you is a lot of people are afraid to talk to their doctor. They're afraid to take the lead and say, 
tell me about what's happening to me. What are the effects of the treatment that you'll be doing um, <clears throat> down the road? What can I expect? Um, they'll answer those questions, and they'll answer them as honestly as they possibly can. Um, ask them about um, caregiving, um, end-of-life caregiving. Is it something, uh, do, they, do they believe in, in the hospice philosophy? Do, do they believe in something else? Do they think palliative care is, 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 is a way to go? Will they treat you if that's what you decide to do? If you decide to, take a D, uh, to have a DNR, do not resuscitate order, will they still treat you? Hmm, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so I mean, I think the biggest problem is most doctors will have that discussion, but I think the patient or the person who is responsible for the patient, their proxy, will have to bring that up. Will have to be the one to Yeah, will have ask. to bring that up and ask. Um, I know some physicians don't like to give a prediction for, you know, if you say, well, how long have I got? I mean, some of them are uncomfortable. Well, we're not asking that. We're asking what treatments do you think will, I will need? And what effects, how that will affect me? Do I have quality of life with those treatments? You know, what are the I, side effects? Right, what are the side effects? Will I be able to, you know, every year, my husband and I go to Florida, um, you know, following the holidays till spring comes back in central New York. Will I be able to do that? Um, all those questions that, you know, might come up are things you should ask your doctor. And they're very interested in giving you a quality of life. So, um, and also to keep you as healthy as possible for as long as possible. So, and maybe what would happen if you choose to do nothing? Like if you don't pursue any of the treatments? Exactly. Some people are out there and say, you know, I really don't want to deal with it at all. Um, I'm going to let nature take its course. You should ask the doctor what, how he feels about that or she, how she feels about that and, you know, what, what course they should take. So basically, um, you're needing to get as much information as you can before you sit down and think about what you want your end-of-life wishes to be. Right. So. Some people do this over two holidays. <laughs> I'm kind of going... Thanksgiving. Right, exactly. Some people do it. Thanksgiving could be a disaster if you talk politics, so this might be a better subject. <laughs> um, uh, to actually talk to your family first, tell them what you want, and then say, I'm going to visit the doctor, and they're going to tell me what... I might expect. So the second holiday that comes up would be the holiday. So Neat. Well, thank you so much. Uh, my guest has been Bill Fole, the Communications Officer for Hospice of Central New York. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.